Good morning. It's good to see you and uh, good to worship with you this morning. I I do hope you'll join us on Tuesday for Christmas Eve and uh, our our several services that day. It'll be wonderful to celebrate the birth of our Messiah yet again in in this wonderful space. Today we've, we've arrived at the last Sunday in the season of Advent. And this year we're on the road again to Bethlehem. As you've heard me say uh, throughout this month, the season of Advent and the journey of it is really a lot like a familiar road trip. When we're reminded by certain signs and landmarks where we are in our route. And this also gives us hope that our destination still lies ahead. The prophet Isaiah has been our tour guide uh, on this journey and he makes sure that we're seeing the right signs along the way. Last week, Isaiah showed us a desert blooming in life as a highway emerges, leading us to God. Today, we've arrived at the Bethlehem town limits. In our first reading, we heard Matthew's Christmas story, one that, compared to Luke's, is really quite simple. There are no shepherds, there's no mention of a manger, just Mary, Joseph, and their newborn son, Jesus. Matthew's story of Jesus' birth is all about connecting Jesus to God's ongoing action of salvation, seen throughout what we know as the Old Testament, but now has come to its culmination through Jesus. Today, as we reach the town limits of David's city of Bethlehem, Isaiah has one more sign for us to see, to know that this extravagant act of God's self-giving love has taken place. And as you'll see, there's much of this passage Matthew will use in his telling of Christ's birth. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the seventh chapter of the prophet Isaiah, beginning with the 10th verse. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, have you ever been at a crossroads? or at a trying moment in your life and you just wanted some sort of sign to give you clarity, or perhaps a sign to give you some hope that everything's going to be okay. How many times do we see this in literature and film where the protagonist at such a crossroads cries out, just give me a sign? It's this kind of crossroads moment that's depicted in our reading from Isaiah this morning. God, through the prophet Isaiah, comes to to King Ahaz, the the Judean king. And this was a time of crisis for Judea. This moment in Isaiah depicts a Syro-Ephraimite conflict that occurs some 700 years before Christ's birth. 
where Ephraim of the northern kingdom and Aram of Syria try to overthrow Jerusalem and replace King Ahaz with a puppet leader. Hence the two kings reference that you see at the end of our passage. This uh, attempted uprising would ultimately fail, but in this moment, Ahaz is nervous, and he's at a crossroads. Isaiah goes to the king to provide some divine comfort and to help him maintain his trust in God's power. So God offers to give Ahaz a sign, any sign, you name it. It could be as high as heaven, as deep as Sheol, any sign that will help you lift your spirits and your confidence in God. Now, either out of confusion or self-righteousness, Ahaz refuses. But that doesn't stop God. The prophet offers to give the king a sign anyways. He says, look, the young woman is with child and will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This coming child is the hope of God's presence, power, and deliverance. It lifts Ahaz's confidence in God, and his son Hezekiah will go on to succeed him on the throne, rather than being overthrown by Ephraim and Aram. But this image of a coming child named God with us stuck in the imagination of God's people. It gave them hope during their captivity in Babylon and later during the occupation by the Roman Empire. And this is especially so with the gospel writer Matthew, who finds a way to weave this old prophecy with the story of Christ's own birth to show that he is the promised Messiah. He is Emmanuel. Through him, God has come to dwell with us and to save us. So at this point, friends, I suspect some of you might be thinking, well, okay, preacher, You said that Messiah shows Jesus as fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy, but the child isn't named Emmanuel. He's named Jesus. So is Emmanuel like Jesus' middle name? Maybe it's like his call sign in Top Gun or something like that. Or you like to talk about Hebrew a lot. Is Emmanuel like a Hebrew word that means something similar to Jesus? None of these are the case, friends. Instead, it seems to me that Matthew shows us something much deeper by connecting Jesus to Isaiah's prophecy of Emmanuel, to this last sign. Leading up to Jesus' birth, Matthew shows Jesus' long, complicated, and perhaps even a little scandalous genealogy by connecting him to the not-so-pleasant memories of Israel's past. Think David and Bathsheba. But Matthew does this to show that the coming of Jesus is part of God's bigger, ongoing plan of redemption. One that's been at work since the fall of creation. The Emmanuel connection takes us one step further. See, Jesus isn't just part of God's plan of redemption. He's the culmination of it. He's the one who will bring it to fulfillment. Emmanuel, then, isn't so much a name like Jim or Anne or any other name. Rather, it's what he's known as. Who he's known to be. This is actually another way of using the Hebrew word there, Shem, which can mean name, but it can also mean reputation or what someone is known for. So you didn't get off the hook. You got some Hebrew thrown in there anyways. 
The child's name is Jesus, to be sure, and that appropriate mean, appropriately means salvation in Hebrew, but he is known as Emmanuel. This child will be known as God with us. Matthew takes this old prophecy and turns it up to 11 to show the significance at work here. God and God's very self has chosen to come among us as a small child to be Emmanuel. Matthew's Jesus will embody this legacy of Emmanuel too. Do you recall his final words in the Gospel of Matthew? The Great Commission serves as a, a wonderful inclusio of this, of this theme of Emmanuel. Recall Jesus' last words in, in uh, Matthew. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. To be sure, Jesus isn't named Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. So this prophecy, the sign of Emmanuel, is the promise that God has shown up and does show up and will continue to show up in our world. And Emmanuel continues to inspire the imagination of the church during Advent as we await the coming again of our Lord. So, so far, friends, on our road to Bethlehem, it's safe to say that Isaiah hasn't quite been the tour guide we were expecting. Or maybe even the tour guide we want. We were expecting to hear jingle bells on the radio, but instead we hear the loud clanging of a, of a blacksmith beating swords into plowshares. We asked to stop and take a moment to look at a beautiful Christmas tree adorned with lights and ornaments. Instead, Isaiah takes us to a dead tree stump and tells us to wait there for God's peace to emerge as a small twig. Last week in the dragging middle of the trip, we wanted to see a winter wonderland out the window, but instead Isaiah takes us through a desert and says, watch for it to bloom. Today we've arrived in Bethlehem, and as we reach the destination, he gives us one more sign. And again, it's a sign that goes counter to what our world tells us about this season. So as we reach Christmas, we all come with a lot of expectations. We expect to be greeted with presents, time with family, friends, perhaps even a visit from a jolly bearded man. While all these are well and good things, they're not what the Bible will show us. Instead, Isaiah tells us that our destination is to meet a young woman with child who will be known as Emmanuel. You know, this Advent, Isaiah has also told us that a little child shall lead them. And look, today, the young woman is with child. Seems to me as grown-ups, we so often want to look to the leaders, to the wisest, to the most powerful among us to fix the problems in our world. But Isaiah tells us here that perhaps we should look instead to children to be the signs of this redemption. Perhaps even to be the agents and ambassadors of this redemption. The unconditional love and joy of children, along with their boundless curiosity and creativity, are all signs that God continues to be with us in this world. They remind us that God's redemption continues to take place, even when it seems so far from being so. In current day Bethlehem in the West Bank, it's so secret that this is an area that's faced more than its fair share of destruction and brokenness. 
a colleague of mine shared pictures uh, on social media of their trip to the Middle East, and I was in awe over a few pictures of some mosaics throughout Bethlehem, several of which depict scenes of the birth story of Jesus, the nativity, the magi following the star. They were truly stunning, but what amazed me even more was learning that these intricate and vivid mosaics were made by children who live in Bethlehem. But even more so, the material, the glass that they used to make these beautiful theological pieces of art were taken from the local trash dumps. These beautiful mosaics depicting this this awe-inspiring scene of Emmanuel coming were made by children taking scraps of glass from the trash and creating these beautiful, stunning pieces of art. These mosaics remind people in Bethlehem of the significance of of their community, but they also, I imagine, give hope that can be kindled and put together even through discarded pieces of glass. So friends, the, the question I have for us as we reach Bethlehem is where are we as we reach the town limits? How do we feel now that we're near the end of this familiar road trip? In this busiest time of year, we might feel like we're endlessly busy, scrambling from one event to the next, trying to find more time to get everything done on our to-do list. We're not ready for Christmas because there's simply too much to do, and we always feel building pressure of making everything just perfect. Or perhaps, like many others, you might be having trouble getting into the, the spirit of Christmas due to troubles at work or home. Perhaps waiting for news from the doctor, mourning the loss of a family member. Believe it or not, friends, the good news here is that just like King Ahaz so long ago, this sign, this reality, Emmanuel, comes whether or not we're ready for it. Just as he did 2,000 years ago, Jesus comes into the world just as it is. Dirty, broken, imperfect. Emmanuel comes to the world as it is in order to redeem it as it is. God with us comes to free us from our stresses, to be with us in our struggles and sadness. We don't need to make everything perfect and ready. Emmanuel is coming no matter what into our world and into our lives just as they are. And friends, this is the good news we all need to hear. So friends, as we reach Bethlehem, as we prepare to welcome the Christ child yet again, may we remember that Mary's child isn't named Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. Jesus comes into our world and our lives just as they are in order to redeem them from brokenness and sadness. May we remember that Emmanuel is with us now and will be with us to the end of the age. Here again these words from the prophet. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. The Lord himself will give you this sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all. Amen.